What do Usain Bolt, Gail Devers, Carl Lewis, and Shelly Ann Fraser Price all have in common? Well, they all have won Olympic gold in the 100 meter dash. They also have defended their titles, winning a second Olympic 100 meter gold. But most importantly, they all follow the blueprint set by the sometimes forgotten Waimea Tyus. Now, of course, I know, I know Usain Bolt won three Olympic gold medals, but we're not talking about him for today. We're going a little bit farther back in history to talk about Waimea Tyus. Now, Tyus was born in 1945 in the small town of Griffith, Georgia, and was the only girl in her family with three older brothers. And for some context, this is the mid-1940s in the Deep South in the United States of America. So Tyus faced racism and segregation firsthand while growing up. Their family lived on a white-owned tenant dairy farm in Griffith, Georgia, and her father was a sharecropper on that farm. She literally remembers the farm being hundreds of acres of land, and the owner that her father worked for lived in a mansion on a hill directly above their house. That visualization to me is absolutely wild. And to think that was just 60, 70 years ago from where we are now in 2021. Now, Tyus knows she was pretty aware of segregation even before she started school. That's because she lived near a white elementary school that her brothers, and of course, eventually herself, couldn't actually attend. They all had to take a bus much farther away to the closest black school. And growing up, her parents had slightly different mindsets on what she should and shouldn't do. Her mother always said because she's a girl, she shouldn't be playing too much with the boys. But her father, on the other hand, instilled the idea that it didn't matter who you were. If you're capable of something, then do it. But because they lived in a white neighborhood, Tice didn't have much of a choice. The closest black family lived over a mile away from them, and Tyus wasn't allowed to play with the white girls in her neighborhood. So she played with her brothers as well as the white boys in the neighborhood. And playing with them was kind of like her introduction into sports. These experiences, as well as her father telling her that she should be the best person she could be and fight for what she believes in, set the foundation for her life and future success. In elementary school, the only athletics girls did was a sack raising competition during a special event at her school. So junior high school and high school is where she finally got the opportunity to participate in organized athletics. And the only sports they had for girls were basketball and track. And though she did both, Tyus saw herself as a better basketball player and spent way more time on the court than she did running. So between basketball, track, and playing football for fun with her brothers, Tyus really started to develop a love for sports. And despite always being better than the girls and even a lot of the boys, she didn't even think she was really that good. She just loved playing all kinds of sports. Along with racism and segregation, Tyus faced tons of other tragedies early on as well. At 14 years old, while they were at church one day, her family found out that their house was on fire. And by the time they returned to go see it, their house had sadly burned to the ground. And this unfortunately led their father into a deep, deep depression, which he really never recovered from. He later developed thyroid cancer, and a year after that fire, Tyus was just 15 years old, he unfortunately passed away. One of the most traumatic events in her life, but that would be a turning point for her. In junior high school, she got the chance to run at track meets about 10 to 15 miles away from the school, and then in high school, they had more meets and would go a bit further out to compete sometimes. So when she was 15, Coach Ed Temple saw her compete at the Georgia State High School Track Championships. Ed Temple was a legendary coach at Tennessee State University who was literally a pioneer for women's track and field in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Temple was kind of like a scout, and he literally traveled to various places around the South to see up and 
up-and-coming talent. So after seeing Tyus run at that meet, he asked if she wanted to train at his summer program in Tennessee with some other high school runners. Tyus agreed, and with the financial help of her high school, she spent the summer at the program in Nashville, Tennessee, training under Ed Temple, and that experience more than paid off for her. At the 1962 Girls AAU Championships, Tyus not only won, but she set an American record in the 100-yard dash. Then in 1963, she again won the Girls 100-yard dash, later competed at the AAU Senior Meet, and finished second in the 100-yard. So at that point, Tyus was 17 years old, finally realizing the talent she developed early on in Georgia and was putting the country on notice. In 1963, before she was even in college, Tyus had the chance to travel to Europe to compete with the AAU team. There, she ran at competitions in Russia, Germany, and Poland. While in Europe, she unfortunately didn't run too well and lost all of her races. Not too badly, but it was really the first time that Tyus wasn't consistently among the best. So once she got back to the States, Tyus got more focused on training. Though her family didn't have enough money to pay for college, Tennessee State offered her a scholarship to attend, making her the first person in her family to ever go to college. But college was a huge adjustment for Tyus, and she was really just figuring out how to navigate at first. She had to balance training, classes, and studying all at the same time. And in her freshman year, she failed her English class, and that meant that she had to attend summer school the following year. Now, usually Coach Ed Temple didn't let freshmen compete in the track and go to summer school, but he made an exception for Tyus because he saw the potential for her to make the 64 Olympic team. The Tokyo Games would be in the fall of 1964, so making the team meant missing the first quarter of school. But before even thinking about the Olympics, Tyus spent all the time she could getting her grades up so she wouldn't be kicked out of school and sent back to Georgia, which honestly would have been more traumatic for her than just missing an Olympics she really didn't even qualify for yet. The 1964 Olympic trials were held at Downing Stadium on Randall's Island in New York City, which now of course is known as Icon Stadium, and you probably know more recently as the former Adidas Grand Prix Diamond League meet. But in the 100 meters at those trials, Tyus managed to just sneak onto the Olympic team, getting third place in the 100 meter dash. Leading into those 64 Olympic Games in Tokyo, Coach Ed Temple had instilled in his athletes to just think of the games like a practice session. Don't even think about winning, just do your best. Tyus took that advice and ran very well through the rounds, feeling relaxed and super comfortable. In the second round of the 100 meters, Tyus actually ran 11.2 seconds, which tied the 100 meter world record held by Wilma Rudolph, another one of Coach Temple's former athletes. Then came the finals, where Tyus ran away with the win, earning the gold medal in the 100 meters, becoming just the second black woman to ever do so in history after Wilma Rudolph had won the event in 1960. Tyus was also joined by her teammate Edith McGuire, who got the silver medal right behind her. This notably would be the first time two black women would stand on the podium together at the Olympic Games in an individual event. They both later joined Willie White and Marilyn White to win the 4x100 meter relay silver medal at the Games. So after the 64 Olympics, Tyus was showered with love, a parade in Nashville with Tennessee State University, another one in Atlanta, and again in her hometown of Griffin, Georgia. Now don't get too carried away though, Tyus was still a black woman in the South, in the United States, in the 1960s, so she didn't become this national star, but she still did get a little praise just in her local communities. In the track world, because she had just won gold, Tice was now being invited to compete 
everywhere. In 1965, she had the opportunity to run at a bunch of major indoor and outdoor meets. And at one competition overseas in Kiev, the capital of modern day Ukraine, Tyus broke the 100 meter world record running 11.1 seconds. Her success from 1965 carried over into 66, but her 1967 season was not nearly as consistent. So Coach Ed Temple was trying to move Tyus up to the 200, but she wasn't really too interested at first and felt the training would end up getting her burned out for the 100 meter dash. In 1967, she started to lose a bunch of races and even lost interest in trying to make it to the 1968 Olympics altogether. Indoors that year, she got an infection in her leg after a spider bite, and then later on during a camping trip, her other leg got partially burned, so this kept her out of training for a while, and she was pretty down on herself, starting to feel like she didn't even need to go to the next Olympics. I mean, she already felt like she won a gold anyway, what was the point? At the 1967 Pan American Games Trials, Tyus finished 4th place in the 100 meters, so just missing out on a spot to the team. She was supposed to run the 200 meters as well, but got in a bit of an argument with her coach after her performance in the 100. At one point, she says that Coach Temple told her, well, you don't even like the 200, it doesn't make sense for you to go out there and embarrass yourself. So things got a bit heated at those Pan American Games trials. Regardless though, Tyus decided to run the 200 and she won. She didn't even really care about qualifying for the Pan Am Games. She just wanted to prove to her coach that she could actually do it. Tyus would go on to those 1967 Pan American Games in Winnipeg, Canada and win the 200 meter gold medal. After having such a down year, this performance helped motivate Tyus again and she committed herself to going out, defending her Olympic 100 meter gold and then retiring from the sport right after. Getting into 1968, leading up to the US Olympic trials, the movement by black athletes to boycott the games had really started to gain some momentum. But at first it was mostly focused essentially on the West Coast. We had Tommy Smith, Lee Evans, John Carlos. They were all making some noise and all of them were out at San Jose State University. Also, the top women who were mostly at Tennessee State hadn't really been asked to be part of the boycott movement yet. And when Coach Ed Temple or some of the ladies were asked by reporters about the potential boycott, they would just say that they haven't even qualified for the games to boycott it anyway. So they really weren't a part of it yet. Initially, Tyus was kind of surprised that these athletes would train their entire lives for the Olympics just to give it up for a protest. But she also did feel that there needed to be more people involved and that it was a really good thing that it would expose America for how unfairly they treated black people in the country. So Tyus qualified for the 1968 Olympics in both the 100 meters and the 200 meter dash and traveled with the team to Mexico City. Though the black athletes didn't boycott the games, once they got to Mexico City, they held a meeting to discuss what they would do to potentially protest at the games. They had essentially decided though that everyone should protest in whichever way they felt was right to them and just make your own statement however you would like to. So throughout the games, Tyus actually ended up doing a couple things to protest. First, the team had been given white shorts as part of the USA uniform, but from day one of the Mexico City games, Tyus instead chose to wear black shorts in support of the movement. She also felt the need and committed herself to speak out whenever she was interviewed. And the only way that she was actually going to get interviewed was to win at these Olympics. 
Olympics. In the 100 meters, after progressing comfortably through the rounds, Tyus again ran away with the gold medal in a winning time of 11 seconds flat, again breaking the world record in the event. This made her the first person in history to ever win consecutive 100 meter gold medals at the Olympic Games. Later in the 200 meters, she finished in sixth place and then won another gold as part of the 4x100 meter relay. A few days earlier, Tommy Smith and John Carlos did their famous protests on the podium during the 200 meter medal ceremony, and they were eventually suspended from the US team and banned from the Olympic Village in Mexico City. So after the women's 4x1, Tyus and her teammates were faced with a ton of questions from the media all about Smith and Carlos's protests. And guess what? When asked, Tyus took the chance to defend both of them. She said, what is there to think? They made a statement. We all know that we're fighting for human rights. That's what they stood for on the victory stand. Human rights for everyone, everywhere. And to support that and to support them, I'm dedicating my medal to them. I believe in what they did. So Tyus stood by her word, spoke out when she had the chance, and dedicated her gold medal to Smith and Carlos. After the Olympics, Tyus retired as one of the greatest athletes in the history of the sport. I mean, think about it. In the span of just the four years and two Olympics, she won two Olympic 100 meter golds, a 4x1 gold, and a 4x1 silver. But she wasn't really well recognized for her achievements. Right after those 68 games, there was barely any coverage of Tyus's back-to-back 100-meter gold medals, as mainstream media really didn't want to highlight the accomplishments of a black woman in the 1960s and 70s. She even remembers a time after Carl Lewis won 100-meter golds at 84 and 88, an announcer noted that he was the first to do so, completely forgetting about Tyus. And even to this day, many people in the sport of track and field are only vaguely familiar with Tyus's legacy. Since retirement though, Tyus has remained involved with the sport, coaching for a little bit, and she was also a founding member of the Women's Sport Foundation in the 1970s, among a host of other things that she's been involved with over the past 50 plus years to this day. And to end off, I just want to give you Tyus's own words where she puts her experiences as a black woman in perspective. She notes, when we are given the opportunity, we go after it and do it. We have always been taught to do the best job we can do. That's all we're doing. It bothers me that people always try and dismiss our accomplishments by saying it's because we're inherently superior athletes. We made it to the top through hard work. It's obvious that we are a people who simply believe in doing our best against all odds. So that's why Miatias, an absolute legend and pioneer in the sport of track and field. So make sure you follow the podcast, check out TF Black History on Instagram, and thanks for tuning in to Track and Field Black History.